0: In the 12 years I've been producing the Reduce Shakespeare Comedy podcast, we have talked to everybody. We have talked to artists, comedians, uh, uh, playwrights, authors, uh, actors, directors, uh, uh, Weird Al Yankovic, whatever category he falls into. At least one starship captain. But this is the first time we've ever talked to an actual superhero. (laughs) Today we're talking with Devon Glover, by day a mild-mannered actor, teacher, educator, but by night he becomes a seeker, a champion of rhythm, meter, and the Shakespearean way, the Sonnet Man.
1: Shall I compare thee? Shall I compare V? Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May, and summer's lease hath all too short a date. Sometime too hot the eye of heaven shines, and often is his gold complexion dim. And every fear from fear, some sometime declines By chance or nature's changing course untrimmed But thy eternal summer shall not fade Nor lose possession of that fear thou owest Nor shall death brag thou in inner shade Where in eternal lines to time thou growest So long as men can breathe or eyes can see So long lives this and this gives life to thee
0: Devon Glover travels around the globe as the Sonnet Man, keeping the world safe from dry, boring, vomitless, beatless Shakespeare. Our paths have crossed only once in real life, but I've been wanting to get him on the podcast for a while now. So just before the holidays, we sat down via Skype so Devon could share with us what he does, how he began, and how he makes an entrance. The Sonnet Man should have entrance theme music, where. There he goes. Is that something you can compose?
1: Oh, yes. I um. Whenever I get asked who I am, who am I, I have my elevator pitch. My elevator pitch is in, in rhyme. Whenever I introduce myself to my students, the first thing they hear from me is a rhyme, just introdu- introducing myself. So, I mean, yeah, whenever they hear me, is it's definitely in verse. It's in rhyme. There's something creative. You will hear something creative. You will hear... Uh, at least, uh, at least a couplet or a metaphor somewhere in there. Whenever I'm introducing myself,
0: well, so since you're introducing yourself to my listeners, can you inter- Can you give us your elevator
1: pitch? Uh, I'm Devon Glover, the speaker, poet, rapper, teacher, tutor, with a nice program special for the future. The Sonnet Man: Shakespeare's Lessons Through mu- Music. A sonnet's a poem with fourteen lines. But Shakespeare formed the design, his formula rhymed, leading me to weaving a few lyrics to break it down, make it more meaningful, hip it cool. An interactive introduction to kids to one of the greatest writers who ever lived. That's just <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, That's, That's when people ask, "What is the sonnet man?" You know? That's
0: great. How did you come to sonnets? Did you come to music through sonnets? Did you come to the sonnets first and then discover uh, music?
1: I, I, as I feel I feel blasphemous saying this to a Shakespearean, but I've done this because I I used to dislike Shakespeare. I used to not understand it. It was very hard, and I did this as a way to make it, get a better, under, uh, give students a better understanding. I've only failed one class in high school. It was English honors because of Shakespeare. <laughs> and um, luckily, the class that I needed, the class that I failed, I didn't need to graduate, but There are other students that, you know, if they have, if they fail like a regular class and you always see Shakespeare before you leave high school, but, you know, there there was a few classes that I was working with that um, if they didn't, you know, pass, they weren't going to graduate and these teachers were, you know, they had Shakespeare throughout the curriculum and some of the students, they were so disinterested, they didn't even care about, you know, failing or, Mm. you know, repeating a grade. So I just, I was there... My 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 main goal is teaching. First thing in life is teaching. Second thing is rap music. Mm. And when I got asked to help out uh, a few classes, I write for a company called Vocabulary that teaches many subjects through hip hop. And when I got asked to help out um, a, a high school class with with Shakespeare, I said, "Let me see if I can put this to music or put this." And or say it in a better way that that makes it more understandable to them. And I, at first, when I started this, I didn't know what I had. But when I I was the first player I ever got asked to to help out to um work with was Othello, and this was at a time where I just did not understand. I mean, I understood Shakespeare, but it was like uh, I don't know how I'm going to reach out to these students. And then I then I just remembered, oh, there's I my, one of my favorite movies is Oh, so there's a high school version of Othello that I love. So I was like, I already know the story of Othello, and then that made it that made the the um, text more understandable because I already knew the story. I was able to relate some of the the stuff that I didn't understand. And then when you read it out loud, you start hearing it. You start hearing a flow. You start hearing a a, a, a meter to it, and, and a rap to it. So as a I'm a math undergraduate, so I'm I'm able to just I, I heard like every line had the same amount of syllables, so I immediately, you know, piqued my interest. And then I realized there was a lot of rhyme in it. I said, like, "Okay, <laughs> I know how I'm going to do this. I'm just going to have them read it." I was reading out loud, didn't change any words, but the way I was saying it was in a in a read was in a meter. And it just got the students interested.
0: And that's the discovery I think we all make, right? Is that Shakespeare yeah. needs to be heard, not read yes. on a page, it's,
1: exactly. Um,
0: and uh and, and also just so you know, I'm a reduced Shakespearean at
1: best. <laughs> <laughs> reduced i modernized Shakespearean at best.
0: That's right. Um <laughs> so you say so you came to this through teaching. How did you how did you decide you wanted to become a teacher?
1: Uh it's been when I was young, um I, I knew I had it. I was a role model to my younger brothers and um we're I, I mean, loving to death—but I was like, if I can teach them, I was able to teach them um, as a role model from sports to academics, and you know, they—they they weren't the most be- well-behaved. But so I was like, oh, if I could teach them, I-, I can teach anybody. And then I went to school for computer science, but um, as a computer science major, the, my first two semesters, which were very, you know. They were helpful in my career and my my education with, with computers, but I wanted to I wanted to have a, a a decent college life, meaning I wanted to go outside. I wanted to <laughs> have some friends. Um, education comes easy to me, and I knew that once I graduated, I wanted a guaranteed job. Sad to say, but you know my career as what I really wanted to do compared to. I made sure I had a backup plan, which is there's there's always a need for teachers, there's always a need for math teachers, there's always a need for African American male teachers. Mm. So I knew that I can go anywhere in the United States and there would be a need for a male role model to for a school.
0: It's good to have a niche.
1: Good to have a niche. I I had a a niche.
0: I had a niche once playing evil asshole lawyers and doctors, and I've gotten too old for that now. (laughs) I've got to find a new niche. You were talking about that you've you've taught English as well, but that that's different from teaching Shakespeare. Do you find, or I guess my question is, do you find a distinction between Shakespeare taught as literature and Shakespeare taught as performance?
1: Oh yes. Um, well, the one thing about literature is, you know, the, it, Shakespeare has this, this, this. Uh, how can I say this? He, he is. There's this is myth that his words is not understandable and and we can't connect to his language. However, there are so many, so much words, idioms, and uses that we use in everyday language that people don't even teachers don't realize that they use every day that came from Shakespeare came from his language that we already have this connection to them to him so and I kind of look at understanding Shakespeare as the um, there's a theory like if you can live in New York if you can make it in New York you make it anywhere right same thing with Shakespeare if you can understand Shakespeare Shakespearean text because just be just because you know Like, for instance, whenever I break down my, um, whenever I break down like a silent with my students, at first when they, at first hand when they look at it, they look at it and it doesn't look understandable until they start breaking it down and realize that he's saying the same thing that we're saying. It's just that the the language has changed and we have simplified it so much over the past four, four centuries that it seems like it's not understandable. But that's the way they spoke back then. So if they're able to understand that language, then the more modern um, authors and playwrights that students pick up, I believe they have more confidence in, in reading a book. They have a, a better understanding, and if you're able to decipher the code of a Shakespearean play, where the direction he was going, or you know, come up with your own uh, theories and opinions of why did why did he you know the direction of a scene. If you're able to dissect a, a, a scene or an act of Shakespeare, I believe that makes it way more Easier to understand other authors. So, that that same theory that if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere, I kind of put that theory to if you can read and understand Shakespeare, you can understand any book handed to you. Come on, baby, let's fly away. Sonnet 18 from Mr. Shakespeare. You rocking with the Sonnet Man. Now, watch me break it down. Yeah. Hello.
0: As far as I know, I'm Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. (laughs) Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and illustrated by the marvelous Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the US and the UK on our website. Next week, we begin our week-long run of the complete works of William Shakespeare Abridged Revised at the legendary Bucks County Playhouse in New Hope, Pennsylvania from January 16th to the 21st. Then continue on with performances around the country in the first half of 2019 in West Bloomfield, Michigan, Wingate, North Carolina, Morristown, New Jersey, Lancaster, California, Idaho Falls, Idaho, St. John's University, and Collegeville, Minnesota, Reston, Virginia, Houghton, Michigan, Appleton, Wisconsin, Lubbock, Texas, Amherst, Massachusetts. Flint, Michigan; River Forest, and Effingham, Illinois; Meridian, Kansas; a week at the Virginia Arts Festival in Norfolk, Virginia; and we'll be giving two performances of William Shakespeare's long-lost first play, *Abridged*, in Los Angeles at the Broad Stage in Santa Monica. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to reducedshakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe, and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. Now back to my conversation with Devon Glover, aka the Sonnet Man. You originally started as a computer science person, uh, but yes. but, you're, but now you're a, you're you're traveling all the time. You're you're touring and teaching, sort of around the country and I think around the world. Uh, and you've become a musician. When did the when did the music come in? You're a you're a, a writer, a composer, a recording oh. artist. Now, when, well, how did all that start?
1: Oh, well, you know, in, in college, again, this is going back where I wanted to have fun <laughs> in college. Um, one of my passions has always been writing and, and rapping and doing music. So while I was studying and doing, while I was studying um, in school, one of my side gigs was doing music. I did music for teachers, I did music for classes. I threw parties. That's the way, that was like my job, to throw parties, to throw performances, to go to different schools and do contests and and ROM and ROM for money. And so that was one of my goals. Again, I wanted to teach because that was my backup goal. If it was up to me, if it was up to me and I wasn't worried about any backup goals, or anything, I probably would have just went full throttle and tried to, you know, become a musician from the moment I graduated high school. Um, when I went to school, it was, the passion was still there. Even when I finished school, uh, you know, when, when I, when I took my breaks from school, when I finished school, the passion's always been there. Um, one way I was able to get it together. I remember when I got the first like professional teaching job I got, I was homeschool teaching, uh, 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 this young lady and she hated math. She couldn't stand math. She she was she did not know rap music, she did not know rap music, so, so she couldn't say she hated it. She was young, but she didn't like she didn't know it. Um, and I just remember, I couldn't get to her math, but for some reason, I kept singing some songs about like we were doing fractions at the time. I was just singing the song, then I started rapping the song, and I was doing it for fun because I was just finding a way to try to way to connect to her, and she kept asking me. Whenever we had a new lesson, she kept asking, "Can you do? Can you put this in another song?" Which is like, it, it, to ask, if somebody asking me to do a song—that's a challenge that I always, you know, that—that's what I want to do. So it's like, hey, can you put this in a song? So I started doing that, and that's the way I was able to put two birds with one stone. I knew that I wasn't going to be this this TV rap star. I just wanted to write. I wanted to write, and and. Uh, use my music somehow. Use my writing somehow. However, it was, it works. Now, it, it I didn't know it was going to go through the avenue of teaching, mm. but it works. Um, when I when I was teaching fourth and fifth grade, and this is in a my, MySpace era, I mean, I still was, I still was, you know, performing and doing shows throughout New York City. Sometimes I would go to DC the night before a school night and come straight back to work because. I was young and energetic, and still wanted to perform every day. And my students, they, they, they somehow, eight, nine year olds, they all had internets and phones, and they found out my alter ego. <laughs> they found out. So when I would turn my back, they would rhyme my lyrics. I'm like, oh my gosh. So it was like, but instead of instead of just you know saying you're embarrassed, instead of feeling embarrassed, I embraced it. I was like, you got me. I rap. So then I I used that as a, it was like a carrot for my students, because it's like, all right, you want me to rap? All right. Behave from Monday through Thursday. And then Friday, we have nothing but raps. And and every rap song I had was a lesson. Like, I have songs about five Ws. I have the songs about multiplication, about plants and, and moons, like a lot of random stuff that just were lessons. And... Even for homework, I would tell them, all right, for homework, instead of giving them some math problems, they would have to write a song about how to divide or how to subtract or whatever. Because then I know that they're not using the Internet to, you know, I'm not saying all my students are cheating or they use calculators, but it eliminates that thought. That means they have to research and they have to make sure that the content is correct. Because my rap is all about content make sure everything makes sense um it's conscious rap so I make sure they, they know how to do research know how to study it gets them created creatively um uh writing down their ideas and i was able to implement my my i became a superstar in the school without ever <laughs> being on tv <laughs> well and there's something too about using creativity as a teaching tool even in
0: You know, even in math or whatever, you know, there's something about the ownership of creating something, and that 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 makes you take in the material, Mm -hmm. you know, deeper on a deeper level. Um. So when did the? uh, This is a great origin story for the the superhero that I'm talking to. When did the Sonnet
1: Man emerge? When did that Mm -hmm. creation? Oh, my gosh. This, this sounds like a movie that I'm, that I'm hearing this. The way the <laughs> Sonic Man emerged, this all happened off like a whim. Now that I can say this and we can curse and I'm not going to be cursing, but, but we can keep it real. Um, so when I did the Othello, remember, I got, I got asked by a teacher in a school, high school in Brooklyn to do Othello. I finished Othello. I finished helping out the school. And when I first did it, the students walked in. They didn't even care they were going to fail. They, I introduced them. They like they literally cursed at me before I even got introduced. Like I n- I'll never forget a, a young a young lady who was bigger than me. She was like seventeen, bigger than me. She said, "I'm not doing shit." I was like, "Ooh," <laughs> and I mean, I was like, "Okay." So then when we did it, a friend and I, we did we read it. We read through the play. It was a double period. We read through the play. Some of the stuff we summarized in raps, and then when we were done. The students were like, "We got no applause." Love Brooklyn. We got no applause. But one of the students, you could tell they were impressed because one of the students were like, I could write a better rap than that. And we said, like, all right, go write a better rap than that. So, we, But the whole thing was they actually went home to read it. They actually went home before they weren't interested. They didn't even care that they were failing. So she kept asking, the teacher kept asking me to bring up some new, some new material. And because I needed money, I said yes. So I would think of new exercises which would make me study Shakespeare. So I was doing that for about, for two and a half weeks, three weeks, just just random Shakespearean, and that's, mind you, I, this is before the assignment even started. This was, you know, just me trying to get money, trying to teach, and just trying to implement my skills somehow. After three weeks, I only got paid $200 that I split with my friend. <laughs> so we paid a hundred. Um, I thought this was going to lead to like a permanent teaching job. They never even called me. They oh. never they just, they gave me this hundred dollars and just was like go your way. And I'll be honest, I was depressed. I went me, my friend and I we went to the bar, and I said we're just going to drink this hundred dollars. <laughs> and one of my friends who actually sings on she sings on my CD. I'll never forget this. But she's this little she she she's four she's like four or five if that's generous. She came to me. She's like, hey, Devon, how you doing? And I was just like, leave me alone. I was rapping Shakespeare. Just get away from me. I was just, I was just, move away. I was, I, I'm rapping Shakespeare. Get away from me. But I was so in my feelings and like three drinks deep. Um, and then she just happened, my manager who just passed, she was the, um, she was, she, she was uh, a editor for one of his books. And he, he was on, he was, he's been on Broadway. In like this, I think nineteen late seventies. Um, he's had two plays on Broadway and one off Broadway, and she she asked them. She was like, do you, after they finished the book, he she said, do you have any any other projects? And he had he's been sitting on this project for twenty years. He said, I have this project where I want people. I, I've been trying to get people to recite Shakespeare's sonnets. I've tried all different genres. I've tried he's like he has a singer, he has a British speaker who does just does spoken word, a couple poets. He said, "I've tried all these different genres, and nothing worked. Do you know anybody that could rap Shakespeare? And the fact that I just told her, like I just a randomly bumping into her, and if, if I never told her that, this would have never happened. Um, I was like at the end of the rope in New York City. And when I never forget what she called me because I was packed up, ready to go to Florida to visit my sister. And she called, she texted me. She was like, Devon, you got to come down to Lower Manhattan to meet R.G. Shaw, my manager. And I was like, nah, leave me alone. I was so depressed. I was like, leave me alone. She picked up the phone and cursed me out. <laughs> and four feet, whatever. And she was like, Devon, get your ass down here. You need to meet this guy. And... I, I met him, this was like maybe six hours before I was going to go to Florida. He paid for my ticket, he said, do you think you can stay for like a week? And he said, do you think you could rap Shakespeare's sonnets? And I was like, I, and I knew it, I knew about his sonnets, but I was like, yeah, this is, this is cool, but I don't want to just rap his sonnets as somebody that writes. You know, I don't want to just, I say, can I modernize it? I mean, people don't understand I mean, I could rap it, people still not gonna understand it. Right. So he said yes and it just was, you know, by fate that I met him. By fate that I went to this that I did the I did um the high school um workshops for my, my friend's mother. Um it was just like a you know, butterfly effect, just a lot of you know the stars align very very quickly I'm honestly to this day I still wake up thinking like I cannot believe this is what I do
0: That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. For more information about Devon Glover and about how he can come to your school or organization, go to his website, thesonnetmannyc.com for more information. Then send us your origin story via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSC Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Austin Titchener. Thanks, as always, to Hype Man Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band, and this week by the sonnet man himself, Devon Glover. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Sarah Bell... No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to another superhero, Weird Al Yankovic. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 630 890th of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Devon Glover, it's been so great talking to you. I just want to thank you for using your musical and Shakespeare powers for good and
1: not evil. (laughs) Thanks for having me As, uh, you know y'all I, a big inspiration to the stuff that I you know try to do.
0: Oh cool. Well, I was I was certain you were going to say, "You know, when I was a young man, I was inspired by these three white guys who wrapped the fellow." <laughs> <laughs> went, that's what i want no. this podcast is a production of the reduced shakespeare company reducing expectations since 1981 go to reduceshakespeare.com for performance dates actor bios email newsletters and so much less so much less so much less so much less